0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Rick Schisler. I'm your host here at the Weekly Business Hour. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. And I think we put together a show for you today that you really, really will enjoy. In fact, I encourage you uh, later in the week when the recordings are available, video, audio, podcast, uh, I encourage you to go back and perhaps listen to something that uh, might be of real interest to you. And if you have an opportunity, share it with someone who's in business. We're always grateful than for new listeners and we're a community and we absolutely extend an invitation to you to join our community and become part of this program. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Well, our thought for the day, uh, very germane. Uh, who shows up if you don't? Now you're running a business, typically, or you're managing a business, what happens if you are unable to come to work? Uh, Say an emergency situation. Something happens, you get sick, you get injured. Who is going to run that business that day? Do you have someone who's designated, someone that you have given a set of keys to, so to speak, to run your business? And I recognize that a lot of folks in small business have one, two, five employees, and it's impossible, you say. But the question you have to ask yourself, are you going to open your business if you can't be there? And really think about that because it's very important. There's lots of options, lots of possibilities, processes that can be done to keep your business in an emergency. More concerning, though, is in the long run. Say you're really disabled by something or something happens in your life. You have a loved one that is taken ill and you travel to be with them to take care of them, say a parent. Who's going to run the business when you're gone then? Those situations typically you might have a little more time to plan, but there's nothing wrong with putting a simple, very simple, I encourage you to write it down or type it into your computer of what's going to happen when you can't show up for work. It's very important. Finally, your business plan. As you know, I encourage all our listeners, all my clients that I've worked with, to have at least a one-page business plan. As always, I tell you, there's some that have a 50-plus page business plan, and that's cool, particularly if you're borrowing money at the bank. They require the lengthy business plans. In that plan, you need to make a note, maybe a footnote, of what happens when you can't show up. So think about that. I encourage you to do it. It's a small thing, but boy, if it ever happens to you and you're not prepared, you're gonna pay a real price and your business will is too. So there's no reason for it. Put a plan together on what happens when you can't make it to work one morning for whatever circumstance. Well, the weekly business hours where Montgomery County and businesses now throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business news ideas to improve their business and be part of a conversation that can make a real difference. And I alluded to that earlier about being part of this community. One of the things that I personally really enjoy is receiving emails from our listeners. Emails, comments about the show, recommendations, criticisms, as long as they're constructive, absolutely. But most importantly, I want to hear about your business issues. What's a business challenge you have? As you may know, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, I will take one of those issues, as I'm going to do today that was sent in, and we're going to talk about it on air. Otherwise, I personally respond to each and every email and will give you some ideas, give you my perspective of how you can work through that challenge. So please, join our community. It doesn't cost you anything. Don't even have to sign up to be a member. Communicate with us with our email. It's real simple rick at irlonestar.com. That's rick, R I C K, at irlonestar.com. Well, now we get to the part of the show that's the main reason we're here. We have guests. We have some lovely guests uh, in the studio today, a husband and wife, which, as our regular listeners know, I particularly enjoy. It's good to have at least two perspectives on the operation of the business. And I want to welcome Ty and Amy Nordic to the show today. Uh, They have a nonprofit business, very interesting business, Cherokee Outlaw Ranch. So we're going to be talking about that and how they got started and all the background and all that great information. But first, right, welcome to the show, Amy and Ty. Thank
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Well, I'm excited about talking to you guys. We were talking before we went on the air. And Ty, you've got a wonderful history, a wonderful story Uh, personal story which kind of brought you to where you are give us a little background of what brought you to start the cherokee outlaw ranch
1: well there's a couple things first of all i've loved horses uh, been experienced with them all my life um, just off and on different different avenues and different things but uh, as i've gotten older i just found that the love for the horse has grown and grown and grown and learning how to communicate with horses learning how Uh, You know, you can influence their behavior just by things that you are thinking, things that you're doing. Um, And then with these rescue horses, it's been really eye-opening because some of them come to us abused, um, just terrified of people, and then spending that time building trust and and getting them to not only acknowledge that you're there instead of running away from you, but actually you go out in the pasture and they walk up to you, you know, after months of, of building that trust. It's just, it's the coolest feeling to see that and and to to look at that transformation. Um, And then with the kids, I was a teacher and a coach for many years. I coached uh, strength and conditioning for 31 years and uh, always loved working with kids. And so I kind of thought this would be my retirement plan, just working with horses. And then I realized how much I missed working with kids. And Amy's the one that said, well, why don't you bring kids out here, teach them how to ride, teach them how to work with horses and that kind of thing. And one of the first people that we had was a little girl that would just really high anxiety levels, um, terrified not only of horses, but of people, and just didn't want to be around anybody but the mother. And so she was out there for an hour, and she was running around with our pony, and the mom just was in tears. She goes, I've never, I haven't seen this. She hasn't acted like this before. And so we started thinking, how can we reach kids that you know have maybe had some negative experiences in their life and then we found some that have gone through abuse that have been neglected Um, and we partnered with H-Town Dream Center which is another nonprofit, and they're wonderful wonderful organization and so they go into battered women's shelters and they take out the mom and and the kids and put them in a home and kind of give them job training some education that kind of stuff and just get them out of that environment and so they bring those kids and moms out to our place and just give them a positive experience on the horses and um, it's, been, it's been wonderful. It's not necessarily what we planned from the get-go, but we're really thankful that it's worked out this way.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what animals, uh, what people and animals can connect. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we went on the air, that I'm amazed. I mean, I, I follow a couple of people on mm-hmm. Facebook, and I'm not a big Facebooker, but I love to watch the stories yeah. and watch the connection between different kinds of animals, but particularly horses, the rescue. Uh, it's, it, most of us, I don't think realize what a strong connection there is. Lamy, what brought you to the ranch?
2: Well, he forgot a big piece <laughs> of this whole story. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I was actually in a horse accident. I was involved and, um, we were out riding one day and we were just on the dirt roads and here came a big truck and that just scared my horse and took off. I was running full speed. I couldn't stop her. And what they call emergency break, where you reach around the head and you grab them and you turn their head really fast. I had to do that because we were heading for a highway. And I um, did that, and I flew off of her. I hit a tree, broke my back in three places, had a concussion. It was just crazy. But it was through my physical therapist that actually was like, you guys need to turn your place into a therapy ranch. And that's what got us looking into it. You know what what is a equine therapy ranch what does that consist of and it was amazing to see the need that's out there in the community and so that's what kind of started the whole thing and then I said we've got to connect these horses with kids and you've got to do what you're passionate about so we that's how we started
0: so you started from what could have been a real disaster that is uh, that's commendable
1: yeah. That was scary. I mean, that was flight for life and everything. Yeah. They, well, it
0: was, believe it or not, that hap- the same thing happened to me. Oh, okay. Uh, except <laughs> the, the horse, when I turned it, uh, stopped like that, okay. flew over the head down on an earth and dam. Oh. But I was a kid and I bounced. Yeah. And yeah. that was one of the reasons, Ty, I didn't have anything to do with the horses, yeah. that and the cleaning the stalls, which was always left to me. But, yeah. Yeah. So that's a wonderful story. And like I said, that's uh, commendable that you were able to get through your potential tragedy, if you will, yeah. and, and pain and suffering, and turning into something really, really positive.
2: Well, and just the fear that I had after that, you know, you can see it in several people that come out to meet the horses. There's just fear. They don't know what to think, they don't know how to act, and so I can help them through that a little bit. I completely understand.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, you absolutely, you empathize with them, I'm yeah. sure you've got it. Well, Ty, what is the mission of uh, the Cherokee Outlaw Ranch? What is your mission? Well, really, the, the biggest part
1: of it is healing horses that have um, you know, suffered, and whether it's been through neglect or abuse or, or whatever. Um, and some have been completely abandoned that we have. Uh, and then also turning that same kind of uh, experience with children, you know, kids that have suffered, um, whether it be abuse or neglect or whatever. So they can come out and, and they can have that, that similar story that we can share with them and say, you know look at the scars on this horse. When he was younger, it was abused. It was treated really poorly. And now this horse is, is thriving. It's flourishing. It's, it's happy. You know, it's with these other horses, just living a great life. And so just because something happens when you're younger, it doesn't have to affect your entire life and, and make things bad. So um, you know just, just sharing that positive message that there's hope, um, there's healing, And there's things to look forward to and and sometimes it is depressing sometimes you do get down but just remembering the positive things to look forward to that there's there's great things ahead
0: so if I'm to understand what you said earlier the main source for you to find people uh, in this case children to help uh, is through another nonprofit do you have a source or how do any other people adults or or anyone else get connected with what you're doing
1: well, the chamber has been really good for that. Um, so we got connected just last month with the. Um, uh, I'm not going to remember the, the poor the poor lady's name, but the angel. Um, Angels' loft. The, or, yeah. Or Angels' yeah. reach is. Angels' the, reach. Is the, yeah, yep. and then the the love or the love heals youth yes Uh, that we met with and so connecting with those kind of of places that are already out there and established looking for an avenue to take their people to looking for something positive that they can bring their people out to so um the chamber's been tremendous in in that regard and then um we've also come in contact with a couple of boys and girls clubs that have reached out to us and i think that's just kind of a word of mouth thing we didn't really uh you know seek that out but i think the word of mouth is is getting better and better and more people are becoming aware of what we do and so we're getting a little bit more traction that way.
2: Yeah, but I feel like, too, you're, uh, does a lot of social media. and um, He's much. on Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> and I think that can reach people that are outside of maybe even these groups. So we've had several people reach out to us that just, teenagers that need some um, a motivation or something that's gonna give them some self-esteem um, they've had lessons with Ty a couple times, and then we'll take them out on a trail ride, and it's amazing to see how their self-esteem completely changes. So I think that's another avenue as well.
0: Absolutely.
1: And yeah. well, We're just starting to work with the, um, the foster system, mm-hmm. and some of these kids age out of the yes. foster program, and they've got nowhere to go. So they've got a, a, you know, a pretty uh, dire circumstance staring them right in the face. So just you know come out and, and get your mind off of, of things maybe for a little while and, and do something positive.
0: And of course, that's the main mission of Angels Reach. Right. Right. So you've got a, I mean, they they are amazing, do amazing work. Right. Give people a chance, young people a chance to make that true step into their own lives. So it's it's fantastic. Uh, you know, not to to get off point here, but uh, your organization and Utah are part of a chamber organization that I'm involved in, uh, our nonprofit roundtable, mm-hmm. and that's where. Angel Reach is a member. You may not, we have two groups, uh, which by the way we're going to start meeting as one group for a while oh, good. and uh, reform. But uh, you, there are people in that group. That's what they do. They it sort of networks, mm-hmm. it's, you know. And you say, well, I need this, or somebody got this. So not only ideas to help you meet your challenges, but also potential clients or plug in. So there's several people in that group. Okay. We also have another horse therapy group in there. Uh, Henry's Horse Sanctuary. Oh yeah. And Donna Steadman. Uh, Do you know Donna? I've not met her, but I've heard of them. Well, she's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. What she's done and and her commitment. I mean, she's just amazing. And they focus on veterans and PTSD and things. That's how they sort of evolved into that and helping hundreds of people. So anyway, someone, hopefully she'll be at a meeting, you'll be at a meeting, we can introduce you if nothing else. Perfect. Your vision. I mean, you started this, how long have you been there?
1: Well, um, we applied two years ago in January. We got approved in May of last year uh, for the 501C3. So really since then, um, so a year and a half right. is about all. It's so what's your
0: vision on, so. over the next three to five years? What do you, where do you hope to be?
1: Well, we want to continue to grow um, with the, the community that we're reaching out to now. But we also do you know, horseback riding lessons, we do trail rides, uh, we do romantic evenings where you come out with your spouse and we do a trail ride, cook you dinner. Um, so just anything for the community just to get out and experience just this Western lifestyle that's kind of been lost, um, which is really sad because in Texas, it should never be lost, it, that's, that's what Texas is. But um, it does get lost a little bit in the city. You, know, you get your, your eight to five or your nine to five and, and you just don't have time to get away from the busyness of life. And it's just a chance to come out, you know, nobody else is around, it's nice and quiet um, and peaceful and you know, you just be with the horses and hang out. So it's um, one of those things we want to expand a little bit more of that part of it, but also just finding more community um, people that we can reach out to, you know, like we talked about Gunny in that last one where he has some people that come out for, that are uh, wounded veterans um, and they have what I think they call it just a mandatory fun day and so you know we want to come out and and provide that just come out and and enjoy an afternoon out
0: with us just having fun that's fantastic Uh, you mentioned gunning that or another phenomenal organization started by people because they had an experience and and an amazing thing a lot of great things happening in my opinion here in Montgomery County and the connection to you again people connecting so if you're listening to this program you're involved with a nonprofit or, or something connect I mean, connect with these folks. There are other folks that have programs, and they're doing really good work. It's amazing to me. I came from the big city, and we had a lot of nonprofits, and I worked in nonprofits. I was on boards. I did all that, and they do great work, but they were huge, yeah. right? And so these are smaller, and uh, it's fantastic work you're doing. So
1: Well, and sometimes we forget. We, you know, we get so spoiled in the lifestyle that we get to live that we've had some kids out and they go, I've never actually seen a real horse before. And, <laughs> I mean, you just are shocked. You're like, seriously? I mean, you, you, people are out there that have never actually touched a horse or pet a horse or even seen one live. So to be able to provide that, just that new experience, something exciting for, for kids as well. Well,
2: and my vision is totally bigger than his.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, so, she's the one I want to talk exactly. to. You. Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, my true vision is that for people to be able to come out without charging them anything. You know, I want it to be free to the public. I want it to be a sanctuary for people. You know, eventually it's a place where people can have events, birthday parties, get togethers, those kinds of things, just because of the fact that we want to reach out to those families that haven't done things that are out in the country. So that's my my vision too. And also providing like maybe a sanctuary for these groups that are coming out where they can actually do some maybe counseling where it's quiet and it's away from things. So that's, you know, I want to put TVs out there and those kinds of fun things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a big vision, there's no doubt about yeah. <laughs> it. But it's a great vision, y'all are absolutely, my opinion, on target and getting out. That's one of the reasons my wife and I, who are native Houstonians, moved out, at least in our latter years, and we have our grandchildren out and, yeah. you know, just hang out and we live on, a, you know, a little bit of acreage. and. So on and so forth. So, yeah, it's just getting back to it. And I grew up around that. Uh, my parents had a place out in the country, and they loved horses. Mm-hmm. And I got where I didn't care so much. But yeah. I was the worker. But that's okay. Uh, taught me a lot. Well, we come to the end of our first uh, segment today. We're going to take a commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. And when we come back, we're going to talk more uh, with Ty and Amy about their nonprofit and their business model and what they're doing so that they continue to be able to do this into the very long, long, hopefully uh, great future. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you.
1: 6473776 What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at
0: 936-441-8778. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schistler, your host, and we have a couple of wonderful guests in here today. In fact, a couple, Amy and Ty Nordic are here. With the Cherokee Outlaw Ranch, and we're talking about equine therapy. Uh, they are a nonprofit, one of our nonprofit businesses here in Montgomery County, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the business of offering equine therapy. Um, Ty, uh, it's got to be an expensive undertaking taking care of horses. You you rescue the horses, from what I understand, so that's a big deal. I assume there's always there's not enough space for the horses that need to be rescued. Um, that's my impression and but you take these horses in and I assume that you develop them to a point Amy that they can serve in a sense provide a connection with the rider Uh, and many times the rider is not very accomplished or experienced so that's I know that's a challenge too for the horse and the the trainer who's with them so tell us a little bit about the business uh, I mean, you've got some expenses. You've got hay, feed, all kinds of things. Tell us a little bit about your business. Well,
1: this summer's been particularly rough just because of the drought. Um, so we've already gone through our entire winter feed budget this summer because we don't usually have to be feeding at this point. And so we originally decided that we were going to limit it to 20 horses that we could rescue. So we're at 21. <laughs> yeah, Ty does um, not know how to say it's, no. It's it's so hard <laughs> to say no. You know, you get a call and you go out and you you look at this horse and and you, your heart just goes out to him and you're like, what's going to happen if I don't do something? So we're we're struggling with um you know how many can we actually take care of, and and make it good for the horse. You know, you don't want right. to get overcrowded and just get into a bad situation because then that's what that's where they came from, you know. They, they don't get enough feed, they don't have enough space, they don't, they're not able to just live like they're supposed to live. So, um, you know, that's something that we're, we're continuing to play with. But, um, it, you know, some of these horses come and, and they've got some serious health issues. Um, we've had some that have been really disfigured and, and maimed through barbed wire experiences and stuff. And um, we can usually get them to where they're, they're functional and they're, they're not hurting, and they can still provide a service with us. But you know the veterinary expenses are also um, are high when you have something like that. So yeah, there's always those kinds of things. Um, and really, this year it's just been the the extraordinary amount of feed expense that we didn't really expect. So that was one of the things. But um, like Amy said, our goal is to where we don't have to charge anyone for anything. You know, these kids that come out that come from bad situations anyway. And so then you say, hey, it's seventy five dollars an hour to do a lesson or seventy five dollars an hour to ride well, that's impossible for them. So we don't charge them. Um, and so it's, it's you know, one of those things that we wanna provide the service as free to as many people as we can, but you know, there comes a point where you're like, you know, we can only do so much without some help. So that's why we're, you know, we're fundraising constantly, trying to um, spread the word, get the message out, and then people that can buy into the vision and, and share our passion for this, and they, they make donations and, and help us out. So we've been staying pretty close to, to making it, you know, the most of the time. Sometimes we're a little short and sometimes we have a little extra, but for the most part, we're doing okay. But as expenses grow and, and the programs grow, you know, it's just gonna take more and more. So
0: it's one of those challenging things of the nonprofit world, I guess. Well, you know, it's funny. It's been my experience that a lot of folks out there don't really understand that a nonprofit is a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got expenses and you have to raise revenue Uh, and even though it's a donation it's almost like well i give you a donation and it kind of goes into whatever and you know but to stay to keep your doors open you've got to have enough revenue to cover your expenses day in and day out and that's what we try to do in our roundtable meetings but also the general public i don't think has a real understanding of how important it is you're running a business and you need their help yeah because you're in this case choosing to provide certain services at no cost. I mean you want to do that so you can reach that group of people that really could benefit but at the same time don't have the money uh, understandably to pay for that service. So, And I, I think,
1: think that's one of the things that's been so hard for me is I'm very uncomfortable asking for help or asking people for money and running this business that's that's the business mm-hmm. so I've had to really get out of my comfort zone a little bit and. Um, Learn how to do this better. Still learning.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It'll be a
1: nonstop learning
0: process. You know, there's a couple of really good books out there on raising money for a nonprofit. Oh, really? Uh, And I actually, back in the day, not to get off track, uh, I was a member of a large nonprofit in Houston. And I went on the board, and they provided training. For not only the board but anyone would because I never went out and asked for money right and that's part of what you do when you're on a board Mm -hmm. and so they provided some excellent training uh, the guy that was running their development deal and that was the basis that I have built my ability to help nonprofits one of the things I learned but there's a couple really good books I'm gonna look at home and see if I still have one have a tendency to give books away, you know, as I read yeah. <laughs> them. I'm sort of on that mode, which I think that's they're on a shelf. They're not doing anything, Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll double check and see if I might have it. But there, there's some good, and you might ask in the group in the round table. And if you want just uh, send out an email to everybody, or I'll do that for you, uh, asking for some references and with tips and can help you. Uh, really? Yeah, sounds good. Anyway, that's, Thank that's you. there. But back on the subject, equine therapy. Okay, um, I've heard quite a bit about it. I'm not sure everybody has. Uh, it's a, the business of equine therapy. What are the, uh, the benefits and the goals, of the equine therapy? I mean, in your case, rescue horses, that's therapy. You've I already know. touched on that. But then you have individuals. Uh, in this case, I hear you say mainly young people who have had less than stellar lives and giving them an opportunity to build their self-esteem etc tell us a little bit about the benefits and goals of what you really try to do with a young person
1: yeah that's a great question and i think um for me it's it's really hard to put into words it's something you kind of actually have to see take place and see happen and i'm not sure exactly what it is that's happening Um, i know with kids that have um, autism and like cerebral palsy and stuff like that the motion of the horse somehow helps them and, and there's some research on that that's really cool but as far as for what we do um i don't know the science necessarily behind it but the, the what you see happen as, when the kids are out there and you know you see this the look on their face when they first get on and it's just kind of this terrified i'm not sure i want to do this and then you know five minutes in they're a little more relaxed 10 minutes in they're smiling like they haven't smiled in a long time and, um, you know, I don't know if there really is any science behind it. It's just horses, to me, they're kind of magic. It's just something that uh, they're able to, to kind of exude and, and push into the kids that, that humans can't do. And um, I don't know exactly what it is, but um, you, you know it when you see it. You know, you, you can look at a child and go, you know, that made a difference in his life today. That, well, you know, you can really see
2: That's true, but there's like two different types of therapy. You know, we're not licensed therapists, of course. There's those that are out there that are GALA certified to where they work with very severely handicapped um, children and that makes a huge difference for their body and their motion and that kind of thing like Ty touched on. But as far as like the therapy that we do, it's more just self-esteem, you know, just giving them something that they never thought they could do and they did it and just to see the expression and the fact that they're coming out of their shell a little bit. We had one little girl that was, she was a high-functioning Asperger's child and she would not make eye contact with you at all. And so we put her on the horse and talked to her about it. She wouldn't, didn't look like she was paying attention whatsoever but by maybe 20 minutes in on the horse she was looking at us she was talking to us it was just amazing to see the difference and the mom was in tears so that is what really grabbed our attention was seeing that for ourselves so really i feel like that that's the therapy that we're doing It's just reaching out to kids and giving them some self-esteem and i feel like even we want to reach out to those kids that are dealing with depression giving them something that's you know positive in their life um, and I know depression is really rampant these days for teenagers. And so, if that—that's another avenue that we want to look into. But as far as being, you know, truly certified therapy, that's not our focus. Right. We're just there to sh- tell the horse's story to the kids and see where they've come from and where we've gotten them to, and then, you know, applying that to the children.
0: So. You know, as, as I'm listening to you and I talk about this particular subject. Again, it goes back to some of the things I've seen and, and been talked to about and been a part of the conversation of the therapy for the rescue horse mm-hmm. because you build that trust, you build a relationship, and it's amazing. Yeah. The horse goes from being just just downtrodden, just, you know, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, he's running around. He or she is running around, mm-hmm. and but coming to the person they identify with and I think in a broad, broad sense, that's the same way with the child, with the teenager, uh, whatever, that they get a bridge. if You offer a bridge or fill in a missing blank that allows them to connect and hopefully learn what life really should be like right. and give them a chance. Just like we talked about angel reach, mm-hmm. those kids that age out of uh, the system and then giving them, helping them get across that bridge and give them an opportunity. Well I think
1: when when all you see in, in your little piece of the world is, is negativity, you tend to think the entire world's just negative. Right. right. Because that's what you know. So to get get away from that and see something positive and feel something positive and experience something positive, you know, it just it kind just opens their eyes to a whole new world that's out there that they haven't had a
0: chance to experience yet. So Open the door and they can step through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Well, I have really enjoyed visiting with both of you this morning, learning more about the ranch and what you do. Um, Earlier, Amy, you mentioned your website is sort of interactive, so to speak. Tell us about that as we kind of wind up things.
2: So um, if you go to our website, you'll probably see the first thing that pops up is our fundraiser that we're going to be hosting on November 4th. Um, and that will explain what we're doing for that fundraiser. But also there's a lot of things that you can look at all of our horses and there's a story of each horse. You can even adopt a horse or you can support a horse, donate, feed, donate, those kinds of things that we need. Um, We've had lots of people donate just saddles and tack that we need for the kids to ride the horses and that's been wonderful. Um, and then there's a lot of other things that we offer, like date night. Ty mentioned that. Um, that's one way we can make some money to support the ranch and support what we're doing. And it's wonderful. It's you go on a ter- trail ride with Ty for about an hour, and then you come back, and I've made dinner for you under the tree and by the fire when we are off fire <laughs> ban. Is that a fire <laughs> But it's just a great way to spend the night with. You know, friends, you can do it with friends or even a loved one. So right. That's one of the things So the website's
0: out. where I want to go if I want to learn something Absolutely. about what you're doing and connect. Yes. yes. And I, that's, that's wonderful. So yeah. many times websites are just there for information, but you offer direct connection, which is great. Yeah. Well, again, thank both of you for coming in. And if somebody wants to connect with you, should they go to the website? Absolutely. And if so, give us the address.
2: So it's Outlaw ranch.org
0: okay very simple very easy to do and i encourage people reach out to these folks at the outlaw cherokee ranch learn a little bit and perhaps uh, make a connection Mm -hmm. i think you won't be uh you'll be glad that you did so again thank you all we're going to go to our bottom of the hour break now ladies and gentlemen we come back uh i do have a mailbag question i got an email uh and i entitled it are you ready to exit your business lots of businesses are being exited right now particularly as baby booners get into their 60s and 70s some walk away some sell there's all kinds of activity but it's an issue I think that most everyone should consider at least for a few minutes uh, even if you're 20 or 30 or just brand new in business so are you ready to exit your business and I hope to wind up today if we have enough time with my tip of the week does your business do what it says it will uh, interesting stories out there, mainly from corporate America. I think you'll find it interesting, some of the research I did, what I found out. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County? Will you help make a difference? I'm Allie Stevens with Costa Child Advocates of Montgomery County. We train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system. Kids are removed from their home because of abuse and neglect, and we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube.
2: Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schistler, the host of the program. I'm glad you've had time to join us today. I hope you enjoyed uh, our visit with uh, Ty and Amy Nordic. Uh, They are the founders of the Cherokee Outlaw Ranch and Equine Therapy Ranch uh, here just north of Conroe, Texas. They've got a a great business, and that means a lot of different things sometimes in the nonprofit world, Uh, but they've got a great business plan, and they're doing well, and it's somebody you should check out if you're interested in their services, or if you could uh, see your way straight to perhaps give them some support. Well, the question of the day, are you ready to exit your business? Now that sounds kind of broad, right? Are you ready? Well, no, I just started my business. I'm 28 years old. I've been at it a year or two, and uh, no, I'm not ready to exit my business. But the thing is that there are a lot of people out there, millions, in this country that are looking at exiting their business. Some in the next few years, some next week, some a year from now. Uh, a lot of baby boomers who have been in business now for some time, they're in their 60s and some in the 70s. And uh, it's just time for them to move on with the next chapter of their life. Uh, so they're ready to, to exit. Uh, there's several th- ways to exit your business. And I was in a conversation last week with an individual who owns a business, and we were looking at this. Uh, And some of this may be uh, surprising to some of you. It was to me. Uh, But several different things or approaches you can take. First, unfortunately, too many people take this this option. They just kind of ignore it. They know they need to exit. They want to exit. They want to retire. Uh, they want to go start another business, whatever the motivation is, but they just don't want to deal with exiting their current business, so they just ignore it. They do nothing, uh, hoping that one day when they open the front door for the, to open the business for the day that a solution will present itself, and they won't have to think about it, consider it, or do the hard work, and there is hard work typically involved in exiting one's business. And I encourage you: don't select option number one. Ignore it. Option number two: wait and watch. Now, this is more the individual who recognizes that our economy right now is kind of up and down, around. Doesn't seem to be any agreement whether we're in a recession, not in a recession. Where's inflation going? Interest rates are definitely ticking upwards. Have they? You know, when are they going to tick downwards, which will make? Everybody uh, more open to buying a business. Uh, There's no real good answer, but it may be a time to select option number two, and that is just to watch and wait. Uh, If you're going to do this and you do want to exit your business in the next year, two, three years, or longer even, set some benchmarks. And what I'm saying is, set some benchmarks like interest rates. If your biggest concern is interest rates are too high, then pick an interest rate you think would potentially maximize the price that you could get for your business, okay? Because at higher interest rates, I mean, there's no arguing. There are people sitting on the sidelines of the buyers. There are still some buyers, but there are a lot of buyers potentially that are just out there and are not gonna make a move because they don't wanna pay the interest rate to borrow the funds they need to buy your business. So you wait and watch, but set some benchmarks. Interest rate, uh, your revenue, the number of employees you have, uh, you have someone to take your place to run the business because a lot of times people don't wanna buy a business that doesn't have a management team or an individual, at least in a very small business, in place that can run the business. Perhaps they're not gonna work in the business, the buyer. Uh, Maybe they're going to work in it, but they need someone to that they can depend on that will be their number two And if you don't have that individual to present to them as part of the assets of your business uh, Then they will not be a potential buyer for your business. So uh, You may want to get into that program and watch and wait uh, and uh, pick your opportunity a third option is a plan liquidation and this is where I was so surprised that over 50% of the small businesses in the country just close their doors. And typically, this involves what I call a plan liquidation. In other words, they know they're going to close on the 31st of December, and they go about doing what they can to maximize the return selling their assets, whether it be uh, inventory, uh, it could be uh, furniture, it could be, vehicles, all the things the business owns, and they go through it in an organized manner. Now, a lot of small businesses, particularly if you're just operating out of your home office, will just shut it down. In other words, they'll flip the switch on the website, turn the phone off, and just walk away. Uh, That's not a planned liquidation, but obviously that's an option. But over 50% of the businesses in this country do just close up. And some of them, a smaller percentage, will do a planned liquidation of their business, particularly if they have a lot of inventory, uh, own a building, uh, having rolling stock, those kind of things. But it is a viable option that you may not want to go through the hassles of and the challenges and the hard work of selling your business. So you just go through a liquidation. You've made your money. You've got enough saved up to retire like you want, and you just make it happen. Fourth is the option that we all like to talk about as far as the consultants and advisors and host of radio shows, and that's a competitive sale. In other words, you get your business in shape to sell it. Uh, and if you haven't, uh, the biggest challenge seems to be financials. If you haven't been producing uh, acceptable, realistic uh, financials, then you need to allocate, in my opinion, at least three years to doing that. So that means if you decide to sell today and you don't have financials that you can share, then you need to get an accountant on board if you don't have one and produce at least three years of financial results, particularly ones that could be reviewed by a CPA that costs money to do that. It takes a lot of time, but therefore, You provide a potential buyer with verifiable financial information. And depending on the size of your business and what your asking price is, this is gonna be a must do if you wanna come anywhere near getting paid for the true value of your business. And last but not least, and this is a route that some people take, develop a successor. And I've seen that done several different ways. One is you have someone in the family a son, a daughter, a cousin, a nephew, and you train them to run the business. And that's a viable option. You also can train someone else and say, look, if you will do this over the next year, two years, here are our goals, here are our targets. If you can meet or exceed these, then I will turn around and I will sell you the business and even agree on a price and terms. Some people do that. It's a lot of hard work. Sometimes it takes two or three of these proposed successors to find the right one. So there are a lot of options out there, exiting your business. If you are a baby boomer, 60s and 70s, you need to really be thinking about it. But even if you're younger and potentially wanna move on to another business, uh, as I did, I had five different individual businesses and had a goal of buying, fixing up and selling businesses. Um, you can do that, but uh, particularly our baby boomers out there, there's apparently a million plus of us that own small businesses, and we need to take into consideration the sale of those businesses. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening uh, this week, and I want to thank Amy and Ty Nordic, particularly with the Cherokee Outlaw Ranch, for coming in and sharing their business story and talking about some of the challenges in running a non-profit business, uh, and I ask that you Mark it down on your calendar now to join us again next week, 11 o'clock Monday morning, where we'll have another live version of the weekly business hour. And in the meantime, as always, stay engaged in your business and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks.